G'day everyone and welcome to episode 37 of the Amateur Racer Podcast. My name is Curtis Smith and I'm here by myself this week. Lance, uh, the usual co-host, can't make it unfortunately. As you may or may not know, I have moved to the United States, so that makes time zones quite difficult at the moment till we sort things out. And he's also just been really busy with work, having a baby, and things like that. So things will get back to normal proceedings eventually. Uh, it may be just for the next couple of weeks you're stuck with me. Uh, I'll try and get some guests or something like that, but yeah. Hopefully soon we'll be back to both Lance and I. It makes it a lot easier too. It's much easier to bounce off someone. And look, you probably heard that like, we kind of have different specialities, I suppose. Uh, like Lance is kind of into the more technical side of motorcycling, I would say. Like I, I have a general view of things and I'm, I'm very interested in it, but he seems to have an interest in that, whereas I'm more into the news and what's happening and, and things like that. Um, so look, I'll manage, I'll manage. But oh, this is our first podcast of 2020. We've had a bit of a break with me moving and just... Look, there wasn't any racing happening, to be honest. Um, all the road racing has stops. Sure, there's testing and stuff like that, but we're going to cover that this week. And we have a lot to cover. Look, we've had World Superbikes testing, Australian Superbikes testing, MotoGP has been bonkers, there's been heaps of news, silly seasons, started very early. So we'll try and get to it all. We also got World Superbikes and the Australian Superbikes this weekend at Phillip Island, so we'll run you through that. But uh, let's get into it. We'll start off with World Superbikes, since it is this weekend. Uh, Phillip Island, oh man, I wish I was in Australia. I'd love to go. It's such a great round to go to. If you got nothing on this weekend, just go. Book a flight, drive down. If you live in Melbourne, you got no excuse not to be going if you like bikes. Just get there. Just get it done, people. Get it done. But massive year coming up in World Superbikes. Been some big shakeups in the off season. Probably the most noticeable ones are Reading to Ducati. That's probably been the biggest talk. Fresh after winning the British Superbikes. Got a lot of people pipping him to beat Ray. Don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, other changes we got. Batista to Honda. Haslam to Honda. Baz is doing a full season. Eugene Laverty to BMW. Oh, top rack Raz, Raz got the up. How do you say is it? Let's climb top rack. He's gone to Yamaha factory team. Alex Lowe's has gone to Kawasaki factory team. Oh, there's heaps. There's heaps of others. There's so many. It's crazy. When I don't have a list in front of me, it's tough. Uh, well, yes, there is lots, lots to talk about. We'll start with Ray. He's just... Back to business as normal at the testing results at Phillip Island. Top testing. Said he's been strong. By all accounts, has been strong. Uh, he didn't top up by much. And by all accounts, Baz, Sykes, the Yamaha boys, and Redding had had good uh, pace. So Honda Haslam has been quite good. But strange enough, Batista has been down. He's qualifi not qualified. He's was 10th. In testing time, so still adapting to that bike inline four. He's come from V4s in MotoGP. 
and the Ducati last year was a V4 as well, so completely different style of bike. That'll be interesting to see how he goes. He hasn't been very happy with it from his press conferences, saying it's a bit nervous, the engine's too aggressive. So they got some tuning to do, or he's just got to get used to it. Probably a bit of both, to be honest. Uh, Ray saying he's in a stronger position than he was this time last year at Phillip Island. As uh, you may or may not know, Batista went bonkers last year at Phillip Island and just ran away with it by a long way. So it is a bit of a Chicati track at the moment too. So it'll be interesting to see if that can be broken by the Yamaha boys and Ray. Um, Redding. He's one I know Lance and I, we're, we're big fans of Redding. He's he's an absolute character. He, he's a bit of a nut job. I love him. His Instagram's a laugh. I'm keen to see how he goes. He's going to be fast. No doubts. No doubt at all. He's already fast. Whether he can do it for a whole season will be another thing. Um, and and doing it at the European tracks that he probably hasn't ridden as much to different style of tracks to what's on the MotoGP circuit, some of those. I know he did ride Portimao in the BSB, so he's got some experience with that track. I'm. It's going to be a tight season. It's going to be really tight. Sykes is right up there. The BMW, you know, started last year, new bike engine didn't have the the big horsepower parts in it and towards the end of the season you can see once he started to get that he was making inroads so be great to see how he goes and Laverty I really hope Laverty does well another favorite of the channel because he's just just a bit of a weapon love him bit of a character I'm very surprised to see that Baz is up there so much did a lot of laps in testing all to him. I hope he does well. I hope he does well. And Razgatlioglu, Razgatlioglu got there. Got it, guys. The Turkish man. He's been fast straight away. So he's got the talent, that guy. You know, he took at the Ray a couple of times last year. Be very interesting to see how good he goes this year. I right, got a list of other people who are going to be riding. We've got Chavi Forres back, as we're saying. Sandro Cortese's there this year on a Kawasaki. And we also go what one we mentioned at the end of last year. Maximilian Scheib. Scheib? Not sure how you say it. Garrett Gerloff, the, the uh, American, riding for GRT, which is a big surprise. Popular, you know, not, not a popular team, but a good team. And we got uh, Caracasulo coming up from the 600s. And uh, Leo Cami is going to Barney Ducati. So it's... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how this season is. Will it be as good as last year? Last year was awesome. Like It was so good with Batista just smoking it for the first half of the year. And then Ray, you know, hanging in there. And then Ray and Kawasaki kind of pulling the finger out. He was cold as ice. He's got ice in his veins, that guy. Just bringing it home. Batista kind of um, dropping the ball a bit, let's say. He had some issues with Ducati. You know, he wanted to get a MotoGP, a couple of wild cards, had a... Maybe a cry about it, let's just say that. Look, he's moved teams. He's not at Ducati anymore after winning like 11 races. So there is that. So... I'll be interested to see if he can hold it together much this year as he... 
proved he couldn't last year. Let's be honest, he didn't. He, he kind of he failed. He was miles ahead in the championship. Um. So, let's see how he goes this year. He hasn't gelled with the Honda yet. But by all accounts, they're putting in a massive effort to be competitive. They got Haslam and Batista, two big riders. Let's see how they go. Uh, in the Super Sport 600s, a couple of uh, changes. Well, not changes. We've got Tom Taparis will be racing, racing in all the European rounds. So he's not doing the Australian one or a couple of the other ones just because of... Um, pretty much finances in his team let's just say that so he's doing they're called the european championship instead so he's going to be doing that which i'm excited for he is an absolute gun i think he is like our next big thing he really is he's can ride that guy he just makes it look so easy too and he's effortlessly fast and for the philip island we have ollie bayless putting in a wild card on the 600 so we'll see how ollie go- bayless goes Interestingly, in the 600 testing over the off-season, the MV Augustas have been very strong. They're running three bikes. We've got um, Crew Manaka, last season's champion, on one, and also DeRosa, who was very fast uh, last year. On He was fighting for many podiums. So... They're putting in a real effort. they got a third bike as well. I can't remember the name of the third rider, but they have a third bike too. So they're going all in, MB Augusta, and, and the bike looks shit hot. The new livery they got, I think it's the 75-year anniversary livery. Damn, it looks good. They're with a big chance this year. If they can stick it to the Yamahas consistently, I'll be... I'm interested to see what happens there. That's It's going to be... I like the 600s. I know a lot of people don't bother. The 600s are great. I know Lance likes the 600s as well. I'm pumped. Bay- Bayless this weekend. Taparis the whole season. MV Augusta, man, up there. Trying to shake up the R6 Cup. Uh, Kawasaki in testing. Not quite as strong, so we will see how they go. The 300s. Just have a look at the... Uh, Entries for this year. Just a casual 50 riders. <laughs> Holy shit. It's going to be absolute chaos. It's going to be great. It's great racing, that stuff. And it it is chaos at times. It's, it's almost a matter of who finishes. So, <laughs> looking forward to it. On the Aussie side of things, we've got uh, Tom Edwards and Tom Bramich there. With full-time rides this year they really came good this last season especially tom edwards he showed some really positive signs right up there in one of the races so we'll see how that goes 300s always a blast and interestingly we've got tom booth amos coming from moto 3 riding the kawasaki so we'll see how he goes he didn't have the best time in moto 3 you know that could be just many things could be team it could be the grid it could just be unhappy and the environment doesn't gel with the bike the tires you know whatever so sometimes a switch to the super bike field can be really positive somewhere else. so we'll see how he goes 
some really interesting news has come from World Superbikes uh, in that Kawasaki asked for a MotoGP wildcard. I was like taking this with a grain of salt, but it seems to have been confirmed by uh, Carmelo Espaleta, who is one of the big wigs for Dorna. And he was the one who knocked it back. Pretty much he said in no uncertain terms and went to the World Superbike Grid and said that you are the second division. You're not to ride with the big dogs. So he he wants them to be clearly separated. Strange that they wanted to wildcard. I, I don't know why. But maybe just publicity. A publicity thing, you know, be there to sell bikes at the end of the day. So... Everyone's would have, has always wanted Ray to be up there for the last three, four years. They wanted Ray to be up there. So I, I just can't see how they'd be competitive. Like they'd be near enough to up there, but completely different tires. So the bikes have to ride in a different way. Um, would it be like a different spec? bike would it just be base i presume it'd be base of the world super bike but just unhinged like just an animal um we'd have to be in their specs which probably wouldn't be too hard um it's mainly the tire and suspension setup would be the biggest one but if they trained a you know and practiced it they could be competitive i'm not sure but anyway Knocked back second tier. I don't know about that. Like, well, Superbikes is crazy competitive. I think the last year the top speed of Phillip Island was like 326.8 from the Ducatis. Slower than the... It's like 20 kilometers now slower, but still quick. And I know Carmelo really wanted there to be more of a divide between the two because he said because world superbikes are so quick and they're slower than they were like he still wants a bigger gap which you know i'm not adverse to that'd be pretty good to seem a little bit more stock they are pretty <laughs> it's not a bike you buy you know you're not buying a world superbike off the factory floor even like the v4r no way no way is a V4R anywhere near a World Superbike? It's an animal, don't get me wrong. I'd have one in a heartbeat. Stupid amount of power, but the World Superbike's a beast. But uh, that, that's about it for the uh, World Superbikes. Predictions? Hmm. Hmm. I'm just going to predict the, uh, the big boys, the Superbikes. Look... It's hard to go past Ray, but I think Redding might be up to this round. Redding and the Yamaha boys. I don't know about Sykes, unless BMW's found a bit of power. Not a horsepower track by any means. It's flowy, it's corner speed, but it helps when you slipstream down that straight, that's for sure. So I'll go a tentative Ray. Let's just go. I know it's. You can be like, oh, it's a piss-weak choice, but we'll go a tentative ray at this this stage. All right, let's check out the Australian Superbikes, and we'll touch base with them. I suppose the big thing is, can 
our boy, Mad Mike Jones, back it up and do win the championship again. It's going to be tough. It's going to be even tougher than last year. Like t- last year was ridiculously close, going down the last round. But this year, oh, we'll see what happens. It was, I think, the best racing of nearly all the road racing was in Australian Superbikes. And uh, people who watch it they would agree. It was amazing racing. So we'll see how they go. I hope Mad Mike does it. He's a bit of a legend, but he's going to have some tough, tough, tough competition. Another interesting thing is um, the series is going to have five different tyre manufacturers. I don't think I've heard of anyone doing that. So the paddock's going to have Pirelli, Dunlop, Bridgestone, Michelin, and wait for it, Shinko. What the? I didn't know Shinko were, like, I know they make tyres. They're usually on the budget kind of end, I would say. I haven't heard of anyone putting on their race bike at all. So, <laughs> that's interesting. We have Wayne Maxwell's running Pirelli's. I believe Mike will be running Pirelli's again. Brian Starring will be in the Bridgestones. Um, and we got michelin there as well shinko is going to be in the 300s so that would be you know that's probably a good starting point for shinko if they want to use it for developing and getting their tires you know more respected that's probably a good place to start before they go to the big boys oh it's I'm hoping the racing is good as last year. Man, it was good, especially Philip Island. Holy shit. That's where we had uh, Aiden Wagner having some issues with uh, apparently punting someone off, which it wasn't. It was just two people fighting over the same bit of tarmac. Someone, something's going to give when you're pushing that hard. Wagner has been very fast in testing. I'm, I can't wait to see what he does this year. If he can stay injury-free, he's going to be a serious challenger. Serious challenger. And another... This is actually a really strange one, is that we got four-time AMA champion Josh Hayes is going to ride. That That's just... Yeah. I, I'm keen to see how he goes. Apparently, he just loves Phillip Island. He got the opportunity to ride there, so... He's going to be riding an R1. Let's see how he goes. Damn, I don't even know how old he is now. I thought he's getting on a bit. Josh Hayes. He's 44. Holy shit. He's an old man. Well, he did last win. Okay, his championships are in the AMA and in America over here. 2010. 2011, 2012, so three in a row, and then 2014. That is six years ago. He was still like 38. That's pretty decent. That is a good effort. There you go, 2011. Yeah, the one ride at Valencia for Yamaha got seventh. Okay. Shame we didn't more of a go with those kind of um, stats. That is good performance. 
I'll have to keep an eye on him. I don't know if he's riding any Moto America this year or what the go is. Oh my god, I'm just looking at his 2012 season in the AMA Superbikes. <sighs> it's got to be some kind of a record. So, there's a lot of races. There's 11 rounds, 22 races. He won 18 of those races. Got second in two of them. Seventh in one and then a, and then a 12. 18 out of 22 races he won and got second in two more. That is insane. Damn, I had to keep an eye on him. That's that's impressive. Oh, goodness, goodness. Oh, 600s. Well, Tom Taparas kind of ran away with it last year. But he did have some competition from Brock Pearson and Nick Limington at times. I think... Pearson might be hard to beat. There's no Taparis this year. I'm expecting Bayless to be fast. He's still only really young. And he does a lot of riding and training. So he should be up there. Taparis kind of... He didn't ruin it last year, like, spectator-wise. But he was kind of a given in a way. So this year is going to be... It should be much closer. It should be much closer, I think. So I'm definitely going to keep a close eye on this one. And interesting to note, that is they've expanded the TV rights for this year. So they come into an agreement with Fox and SBS. It looks like, if I'm reading, I'll just read the article. It'll make it easier so you can take it how you want. So straight from the ASBK website, uh, expanded ASB TV coverage in 2020. ASBK Broadcast Partners, SBS, provide free-to-air coverage in HD, and Fox Sports Australia and Asia will ensure pay TV customers won't miss a minute of the action across the Asia-Pacific region. So ASBK TV... We'll give fans front... I believe this that'll be to Facebook. Round 2 to 7 live into their lounge room. So that'll probably be through Facebook. But from what I'm reading here... It's going to be on SBS. So you better just chuck it on SBS. Jump on their Facebook like they were doing last year. Which was very, very good coverage. I really like that because... You know, with shift work and that, what I was doing last year. Or you're just busy. You couldn't watch someone straight away. So... That was great, just being able to jump on and watch the race like the next day, just through Facebook. And it's good quality too, it's great coverage. Or here you can just log on to, it's saying you just log on to asbk.com.au and watch up to eight hours of live stream on ASBK TV on race days. Damn, that is decent. That is really good for them. Uh, maybe last year gave them a bit of a kick in the ass that they needed and... Oh. That's good news. That's that can only be good news. More coverage of ASBK the better. Like definitely get along with any rounds you've got any nearby. It's a top day out. I've been to a couple and I've always really enjoyed it. It's a bit more casual. You can walk through the pits and stuff like that. Um, you can pretty you get lots of viewing. Nearly go anywhere around the track, you know, spectator wise. So get around to them, guys. Get on board. Get around them. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see how we go. Three hundreds. Lance was a bit better at three hundreds as me, so I'm not even going to cover it without it in front of me. Otherwise, it looked like a bit of a numpty, to be honest. Um, it's similar to Moto Three and the uh, World Superbike three hundreds, where it's just chaos. <laughs> it's good to watch though. It's definitely good to watch. But yeah, I'll leave that till next week, and we'll talk about the three hundreds and more in more length. All right, that pretty much covers the uh, ASBK and World Superbike. So I suppose we get a, get on to the uh, top tier racing, the MotoGP. Oh boy, where do I start? Where do I start? There's been a lot that's happening. I suppose we'll cover the signings first. Vinales has signed already with Yamaha. Very, very early in the season. So it was kind of thought he might go to Ducati. Ducati were extremely keen on him, but you know he's ended up signing with Yamaha. And probably even bigger than him signing is that Fabio Quattararo is signed for the factory team starting next year. So he'll be taking Rossi's spot. So the doctor is going to either, well, one, retire, or two, go to a satellite team like Patronus, where he's going to get factory support. They've, Yamaha have already said, if he wants to ride, we'll give him factory support. So... Unless he's terrible in the first three rounds, few rounds, I think he might um go on next year. Maybe just a one-year contract. Um, his pace during testing has been pretty good, not amazing. I think he's going to be in a similar position to be to last year, looking at his results. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does. In any case. Let's say he does retire. He's going to be in the MotoGP field anyway. He's got teams, his Sky uh, VR teams. And you can guarantee he's going to have a MotoGP team eventually. Guarantee. And you would think that would be with Yamaha. But crazier things that happen. You never know. Might be with another team. Might be with Suzuki. or It might be with Suzuki, let's be honest. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, we got Zarko, Zarko at Aventia. The bend is at KTM. The rest is the same as last year. It really is just the same as last year. Probably the other news that over the off season that was very big is that um, Andrea Iannone has been banned, well, not banned, suspended. Let's call it suspended due to a positive drug test. That was taken after the Malaysian GP. So apparently it was like a really minor, like, positive result. Then he just gone over. Um, they're saying that could have contributed because he did it straight after the race in Malaysia where he's dehydrated, so it could, gives you a stronger concentration. They're going with the tactic that it could have been something he ate. He ate. He doesn't know how it could have been there. It is very strange that he went over because he was one of the, like, I'm pretty sure he... There's only like a few guys that get tested in the whole field. And I think they're nominate he nominated himself quite possibly to be tested. I think that's what happened. Yeah, he's like one of the three people who gets tested in the whole bloody field, which is ridiculous, by the way. Every single rider should be getting tested all the time. So 
it's in in a way this is highlighting how ridiculous the testing actually is in the field. But yeah, he's got a positive result for a steroid, anabolic steroid kind of thing. Um, what they've done, they're contesting it, obviously. And the latest thing is they've taken a hair sample that has uh, come back negative. So that's apparently they put that forward as well. And the prosecution is going to do a response and has been given another amount of time. So it just keeps getting delayed and delayed. So what has happened is uh, Bradley Smith has been doing nearly all the testing for them with Alexis Spargo, and it's looking extremely likely, let's say it is going to happen, that Bradley Smith's going to race at least at Qatar. I'd expect him to race, race a couple more rounds as well. So... We'll see what happens there. He does himself no favours, old Andrea. He's just always in the wars for something. He's a bit of a character. He was our ride of the year last year, by the way. Why? You should listen to our podcast from last year. I don't know why. That's that's why. Anyway, anyways. But yet, that's one of the bigger things that's happened in the off-season. Old Andrea. Some people are saying that you know, this is the interwebs that how his result comeback looks like it's similar to doping that occurs in cycling. Whereas like it's the end of a doping cycle. So it's a very minor um, reading, but oh, look, I don't, I don't know enough about it. I've read some really good articles on it, but uh, what's happened? He's, he's gone positive. He's been suspended. I dare say he'll get more of a suspension and I think Aprilia has kind of accepted that. They've signed on another test rider in Sabadori. Um, so that's kind of saying, hey, he could be gone anyway, let's be honest. And they'll take Bradley Smith. Hold <laughs> Andrea. God. <laughs> if you haven't, get on his Instagram as well. It's, it's still a laugh. It's still an absolute laugh. But let's talk about testing. We've had Malaysia, and now we've had Qatar. Qatar's just wrapped up. And let's be honest, this year is shaping up to be even tighter than last year. Even better. The first 18 riders are within one second of each other in testing. I know testing stands for bugger all, let's be honest. But the... The run sheet looks a lot like a lot of the races went last year. So, it's going to be exciting. And we'll talk about why. First up, I'm just going to go through the manufacturers and just riff it off, right? We've got Suzuki. Looks strong. Yamaha have improved, though they're always strong at testing, as they were in the last couple of years. KTM has made solid improvements. Probably the biggest surprise of the whole testing has been Aprilia with their brand new RSGP 2020, which has come along in leaps and bounds. Honda has had some potential problems, and Ducati has been doing a Ducati and bringing some weird shit to the table in a ride height adjuster, uh, adjustment device, let's call it. We'll start off with Honda. 
they look like they've been having some issues. The same as last year, lack of front-end feel, but it seems to have been gotten worse. Crutchlow was not liking the new Honda, saying it was, you know, he had to ride it like an amateur and that it was so hard to ride and the style he had to ride it in. Mark wasn't happy with it either. Um, uh, Alex looked good in the first test, but this Alex Marquez, that is, remember he's in the factory this ride this year, was um, pretty solid last test, but this test struggled. He was way back. Uh, the only person behind him is Bradley Smith, who was kind of, you know, he said he was mainly testing reliability and new parts on the new bike. So he was pretty strong last test, though. But yeah, he had numerous crashes and was starting to struggle. Amongst all this was probably the best, one of the best humble brags, or not even that humble brag from Mark Marquez, saying that he's injured at the moment, so he's on the same level as all the other Honda riders. <laughs> what an asshole. It's like, look, I'm finding it hard because I'm injured, pretty much, and the bike's difficult to ride. <sighs> he was actually pretty despondent after a couple of days of testing, and it wasn't till what they did was combine the aero for the 2020 and 2019 bike with which apparently helped with a lot of problems they were having um and he was much happy on the last day of testing so look out for him here's the thing he's saying he's not fully fit as well he probably he might be lacking a bit of strength but honda are just cagey as fuck and keeping it close to their chest and he just posted them the other day riding a motocross bike around, doing whips and shit and just smashing around a track. So there's some sandbagging there, I think. I think there's some definite sandbagging. But uh, oh, Taka Nakagami is back, by the way, after his big layoff. Eighth in testing. I know testing's... People say, oh, we don't look at the times. They fucking do. Nicky Hayden said it as well many years ago. He goes... He said, if they tell you they're not looking at the time, bullshit, they're always looking at the time. As if you wouldn't be. Your aim is to be the fastest. Of course you're looking at the times. If you're at the bottoms, you're going, why am I so slow? You want to be fast. It's motorcycle racing. You're racing. You're supposed to be the fastest. But Taka, he's the only Honda rider on the 19 bike. Uh, and he lost one of his bikes to Mark Marquez on one day, so he was just on one bike. Didn't cut, cut as many laps as he could. But one thing he was very happy about is that he was actually testing parts. Uh, he said that last year, well, he definitely complained a couple of times last year, saying, like, look, I've got nothing to test, I'm just riding. He did very well last year, consistent top tens. Um, so he's happy about that. And funnily enough, he's testing... Jorge Lorenzo parts are parts that Jorge recommended. So that's that's an interesting little twist there. On to Yamaha. Yamaha have definitely found some speed. And uh, by all accounts, Vinales has been the quickest in testing. I mean, he always is. But this time it is race simulations and over one lap as well 
They have also gained a little bit of top end. Not a lot. They they have definitely gained a little bit of horsepower, where in that they can actually slipstream like the Ducati now. If they're behind it out of a straight, they can slipstream and they get blown away. I think they're still going to get passed on the straights a little bit when it's time to race. You know, it's testing, you know. People are holding the cards close to chest, as I said. Ducati's people aren't really racing each other. So I still think they might struggle in that regard. But they've got a bit of an advantage this year, whereas they have in the previous years where they've done in, well in testing in that Michelin's new tyres. So their new tyres for Michelin for this year, a different compound and seem to suit corner speed bikes, aka Yamaha and Suzuki and potentially the Aprilia. So... But definitely Yamaha and Suzuki. So everyone's saying Yamaha and Suzuki are looking strong. And part of the reason the Yamaha is a bit faster than straights is their corner speed is higher, taking advantage of the corner speed. And the higher grip, there's slightly less uh, less advanced electronics as well are getting higher grip. So shooting out the corners faster, maintaining higher speed and getting onto those straights quicker. And then you're not the horsepower advantage is lessened. So that's going to be very interesting to see if they can maintain that. I know Ducati was saying that they have lost a little bit. They're not as happy as they could be, especially against the Yamahas and Suzuki's. It hasn't suited their style of bike, whereas it's Suzuki, it's suiting the Yamaha and Suzuki's. So Rossi, as I said, going, he's going for factory next year. But he's been solid in testing, but has been struggling in the later half of race simulations. He's been saying himself, he's losing grip, same as last year. So I don't know what they're going to do about that, especially with Vinales doing well. And Fabio's been doing very well too. Um, it seems he's gotten his head around it a bit more at, about testing and what to look out for. He's been quick, fast race simulations. And Franco, solid as hell. Actually second in testing in, in like fast laps, but not everyone did a fast lap. We're going to remember that too, but his race simulations were solid too. So looking strong for Yamaha, but it's testing. Come on, we'll see. Oh, excuse me. Next, probably the... Oh, people are tipping Rins. Let's just go that Suzuki. People are tipping Rins, saying he's going to be dangerous this year you got a you got a win last year as well it's gonna remember that so he's pretty much been fastest along with Vinales and has been extremely happy I think they're gonna be the quiet assassin Suzuki well not that quiet now because people are talking about him Mir has been looking very strong injury had injuries last year struggled a bit so if he can have an injury free season He'll do well. Like he, he did great at some tracks last year. He, he led for a little bit of a race in his rookie year. That's that's fantastic. You know, I know Fabio, he's an exception though. They're looking good. They got a little bit more power this year. They got a new chassis that they're working on. So they they're gonna do well. I, I'm expecting at least a podium from me this year and multiple wins from Rins. Whether he's gonna be a champion threat chip threat I don't know he should be he binned it bin some opportunities last year not that he was a chance last year but if he can be more consistent Rins 
Suzuki keeps improving. <sighs> Damn. They could be a little bit of a dark horse. They really could be. Ducati, not as strong as some of the others in testings. Still solid. Um, they showed really good race times towards the end of testing. And Jack had great single lap pace. Somehow they've improved their top speeds again. We'll get to that. Um, but they were a bit despondent throughout testing until the last couple of, last day where Danilo put in a great race simulation and Dobby's said, you know, yeah, they're starting to get better, but he wasn't that happy. He's he's really worried about the Yamaha and Suzuki boys and, of course, Mark. But top speed, how they got in that top, extra top speed? One, they might have found a little bit more horsepower, but the big thing is the ride height adjustment. So this came to light. I think it was um, Rins who's like, something's going on down the straight. Their back, their bike's squatting in the rear end. So what it turns out is they ha- they can manually adjust their ride height on the handlebars. So on the left hand side of the handlebar, they got a manually adjustment, like a down, up and down toggle kind of thing, to adjust their ride height. What I think it actually is, just it's just down and disengage. So it's down, then the other one's disengage. Turns out, they're very coy at first. All of them were like, oh, I'm not saying anything. Danilo was hilarious. His response was, he's, a, he's funny as fuck, that guy. He's a character. His response was funny. Just all avoiding the questions until it actually came out. Whereas it came to a point where Jack Miller basically said, yep, we got one. I've been using it since Thailand. Thailand last year, which is where... He stalled it on the grid. Uh, and he also had another problem where it got stuck going down a street, straight for a few corners. And he went as far to say that, yeah, he was just, they were using it. He was so, conf- you know, it was so new and there's so much going on where it was his mistake. You know, he didn't just fuck up the launch control with the squatting rear end. It was the other part to it as well. So this is going to be interesting. It's legal. You can't have an automatic... Um, you know, electronic stuff, but you can have it manually done. So they've got still got the t- the uh, launch control one where it's like a you turn it and twist it on. They still got that, but now it's got this one as well. So what they're doing is engaging it out of corners onto straights, and basically it's lowering the rear end of the bike and putting more weight onto the rear tire, getting more traction. And also limiting wheelies by the back being lower. This is some interesting shit. Like, Ducati doing it again. I know the other manufacturers are whinge, but no, it won't be too long they got one as well. And they're, they're the people who are constantly innovating, is Ducati. They're the ones who are... They're bringing it. They're bringing something different. They're making this a production series. They're, they got these engineers that are reading the fine print and making working their way around it. I hope they keep bringing more stuff. This is really cool. This is this is interesting. It's been all over the, like the motorsport news as well. Have they been fast? Bagnaia's been solid as well. As I said before, pretty good race simulation times. Jack's been quite happy. Very happy, actually. But yeah, the other guy's a bit despondent. Zarco, solid. 
you know, he's been okay. Bagnaya, not too bad. And Tito Rabat, there are thereabouts. You know, he's doing his Tito thing. I can't, I can't believe he won. It proves how good the championship is where he won a Moto 2 championship and he's just kind of just lingering in the back of the field. Dang. Proves how good you got to be, eh? Uh, KTM, again, made an improvement over the off-season. As usual, bringing a million past the testing. Just testing absolutely everything, which is good. Good for them. Uh, pole was quite fast. Didn't do a fast lap time. He said didn't get a chance to have a crash towards the end of the day. But very surprising in his one-lap pace was Brad Binder, who was ninth overall in testing. But um, he said... Once he did some laps, put a new set of tyres on, bang, the lap times just came. So I think that bike's really improving, especially with Danny Pedrosa there. Uh, apparently his input's just been fantastic, and he's been fast too, been very fast. Speaking of uh, people who've been testing, Jorge Lorenzo, been testing a Yamaha. He's been fast, but, um, look, he wasn't topping timesheets or anything like that, but he was happy, looked happy, and everyone said he looked comfortable in the bike. So this talk of him doing doing some wild cards, he hasn't denied it at all. Um, he said, yes, I am retired, 98% retired. And that he, if he thinks he can get a top, compete for a top five, he'll do wild cards. So it's a pretty high chance, I reckon. It's like he'll do some wild cards. Very high chance. But uh, KTM... I think they're going to be a big improvers. Love to see how Binder goes. Oliveira as well. He was good in last testing. Not so much uh, last testing being at Malaysia. Not as fast as Qatar. And the same with Lekawona. So I'm, I'm expecting Pole to be dangerous this year. He's going to be dangerous and in top 10 contention. It's going to be ridiculous this year. This brings me on to the next one. Aprilia. <laughs> probably the biggest surprise like we knew they were bringing a new bike but it's been pretty quick quicker than the old bike that's for sure um it's completely different they get a, a 90 degree v4 before they're running a uh, 65 degree i believe it was so this year they're going uh similar configuration to honda and Ducati. they got a lot going on in aero Heaps different shape, much slimmer. They got probably the most Formula One style wings yet on a MotoGP bike. They're quite large, they swoop down. They are reminiscent of a Formula One car. Um, the bike itself's lighter. It's, and the thing is, it's a lot faster, which is what they wanted. They've been hampered a bit without Andre and Inoni being there, who is. Let's be honest, he's, he's their fastest rider. Alex can be fast. And, man, he's doing really well on the Aprilia. He's been doing great on it, getting good results. But Andrea's got that bit more potential. Look, he, he, he saw in Phillip Island last year, he read, led that race. He's got the potential. So, that power is there too. They, I believe they got 349 kilometers an hour at Qatar. That's quick, man. That is, that's ridiculous. They said they've been struggling a bit still with acceleration, mainly due to electronics, I believe it is. Um, 
and probably set up too. So top speed and power is there, just going to work through that bottom end and mid-range and acceleration out of corners. So be interested to see where they go. They got more engineers over the off-season, uh, some really big ones too, like a couple of head guys from Suzuki, I believe it was, uh, guys from like Formula 1 backgrounds as well. So they've actually stepped it up this year. They got more money from Piaggio and Rivoli, Maximo Rivoli, their, I don't know what you want to call him, their head, head guy, has basically said they've got more money from those in the off-season. And when I ask, have you got enough? He goes, we do for the time being. And if we were to get any more, it's dependent on results. So, so the better they do, the more resources they're going to get. And that can only be a good thing for developing the bike further. Their biggest issue is going to be reliability. Uh, as we saw last year, they had some issues in the year before as well. A lot of that was um, apparently due to just team structuring and not being professional pretty much. So when Maximo came around, he helped fine-tune this and as a result, they you know, reliably improved a bit, but it still wasn't fantastic. This bike, you know, it's such a new thing. It's a diff- totally different engine. Reliability could be a concern, and that hurts your brand. Like, if your bike isn't reliable, it's going to affect your company as well, especially on the main stage on TV. It's it's not a good thing. It's never a good thing. Plus, you want good results. So, I'm excited to see how Aprilia goes. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for this, guys. You heard, probably heard me talk enough shit by myself. This weekend is going to be fantastic. Watch the racing, guys. Like, support racing the world superbikes is going to be awesome and the australian superbikes is going to be as usual fantastic i have no doubt wagner's back all the guys are getting to go tooth and nail it's going to be fantastic so i'll definitely be watching it most likely on facebook i would say but yeah as usual guys uh subscribe follow us through spotify soundcloud or itunes might look into doing some video stuff as well to go along with this and chuck it up on YouTube. We'll see how we go. But yeah, we'll see you next week. Um, we'll see if Lance will be back. Hopefully he will be. But yeah, enjoy the racing this week. Let us know who you think is going to win and what your predictions are. All right, guys. See you.